0: Welcome to Millions of Screens, IndieWire's TV industry-focused podcast. I'm creative producer Leo Garcia, joined via Zoom by TV awards editor Libby Hill and TV deputy editor Ben Travers. We're still abiding by California shelter-in-place laws and social distancing in our apartments, but on today's episode, we have an extended chat with Pamela Adlon, the inimitable creator, star, showrunner of FX's Better Things. It's better I wrote things. It, Inimitable. Oh,
1: is that how you say? Is
0: that better how you things? say, Pamela Adlon? It sounded like
2: you said we're trying to say inevitable. The inevitable creator, struggle, and showrunner.
0: If there's one thing we learned, it's that Pamela Adlon is inevitable. I agree. You think
3: that
1: she's not going to be inevitable? I don't understand that reference. This
3: is the millions and millions of little screens. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show.
0: Skipping ahead to the clicker our recap of the biggest news items from this past week. Since we last recorded, guys, there has been a wave of renewals and cancellations. Uh, ABC made waves for canceling some shows that people were sort of up in arms about, Bless This Mess and Single Parents, Prime Among Them. They also canceled Emergence and the Goldberg spinoff, Schooled. Another renewal that made some news, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia will be coming back for a record setting 15th season for a live action comedy. But there's been a lot of it in the news. I wanted to get your guys' perspective. What are you most excited about? That's coming back.
1: I'm excited about better things getting renewed. Um, not that it was ever in question that the show that would that the show would come back for a fifth season, but you just like to know it's there. You know it's in writing. You know it's in the works. In the, even in this time where nothing is actually in the works, it just it, it's a comfort to know that 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 there's still a commitment to. To making the the best shows in television.
2: Well, and it's and it's honestly a relief on my end to know that that kind of who or that kind of FX endorsement still has some weight to it. Uh, because Better Things is a show that that doesn't get a huge traffic bump. We don't know um, exactly what the Hulu FX on Hulu joint partnership has done for its viewership stats, but you can still assume that if it was if it was huge, they'd be bragging about it like they were with Dave. Um, so that's a show that survived on critical support on, um, you know, the relationships that have been built between network and talent, uh, and, you know, the potential for awards, but, you know, all of that was forged well before Disney came into the picture. And now that they've kind of firmly asserted their control over FX and, and branding in general, uh, you know, it's great to see that Landgraf's favorite shows are still going to make it through and you know
0: that's a simpler way to put it than it deserves but yeah so with that being said ben what were you most excited i mean i know the answer what were you most excited (laughs) to see returning uh
2: i mean i was both pleasantly surprised as everybody or as pleasantly surprised as everybody else when adult swim announced to birdie was getting a second season uh the former netflix show that was canceled last july i believe Uh, You know, we hadn't heard much about it from anybody, and um, then last week you get an email that says on Tuesday they're going to announce a renewal, and uh, that renewal announcement came out a little earlier than we thought because of some (laughs) overeager parties, none of which are speaking or looking at you right now. But um, but yeah, I, I was so thrilled to see that series be able to continue because it was such a strong first season. It was so creative. They found such a, a kind of rich uh, world and and built these great relationships between characters and they were exploring all these different kind of animated possibilities within uh, Lisa Hanawalt's vision and it was just really exciting to kind of live there. But, you know, season two is where you really get to explore stuff. Like That's when you're like, okay, we have the one under our belt. We feel good about, you know, 70, 80, 90% of it. Let's see what we can do with the new stories and build from there um and adult swim is a place that you know always embraces pretty out there weird stuff so i don't feel like they're gonna get uh you know turned away from anything they want to try to do so it'll be exciting to see what they uh, come up with
1: it was very much like uh when someone gets you the perfect present that like was never on your radar you never would have thought to ask for it for yourself you didn't even think, you didn't even know it existed, that it was a possibility and someone just is like, hands it to you and is like, I I know you kind of like this stuff, so I got you this. And uh, that's how the second season, getting a second season of Duke and Birdie feels like we didn't even think we could hope for that. And, um, and then Adult Swim came through and, and I'm very excited about it.
0: I now realize that we probably should have done those in reverse order because <laughs> better things would have been a perfect segue to our interview with Pam. Maybe I'll, maybe, maybe I'll move them around, but if yeah. I don't, yeah. guys, we had the chance to talk to uh, Pamela Adlon last week for an extended interview. Uh, we talked about all sorts of things, the finale, her relationship with the city. Sarge Bilko. Plump fiction. I mean, we hit all the major talking points one would want to hit when talking about season four of Better Things. Well, without further ado, here's our interview with Pam.
2: To kick off some Better Things Conversations, uh, I feel like we blew past the perfect pivot point because it is the happy, wonderful thing we can talk about to be, like, to feel good right now. Um, And it was, it has definitely been that as the season was airing. Um, But I haven't gotten to talk to you about the finale. And the first thing that I wanted to ask was just, just seeing Sam Fox watch some of her work with her kids, and then her kids responding to it felt so monumental for the show but I wasn't sure if that was something that came out of like a specific moment in your life. Like, was that like, I, I, I don't know how, you know, children respond to anything. I don't have kids, but I've been told it's rather hard to get them to watch anything that you want them to watch. So how did that scene come about? And was it from anything, you know,
3: that was, that was really just like a thing that uh, because the storyline of the, like the Sam making her own, like remotes on the Jessica Barden show, uh, which is just, so, it was like ridiculous. Like, I don't even know, like Jess came over to my house for dinner and uh, with Max Winkler, who's the funniest person in the world and we're sitting there and we hadn't seen each other since we shot that movie in Chillicothe, Ohio, Holler. And she's like sitting there and she's, uh, you know, everything. and being Jess and I realized, oh my God, she should play a person who gives me like this shot. Mm -hmm. And so it it tied in all these storylines. And you know, um, if you think back to the eulogy episode, when the girls didn't want to watch and Sam throws a tantrum, stomps out and Rich and Tressa are like, No, bro, I'm not even gonna you just were so insane to your mom and the girls don't care They're they're not watching their mom's thing and it's like weird being an actor and I've had those things with my kids and It's very very rare That there's ever been a time that we sit and watch something because I certainly couldn't do that with them when I was on Californication or anything like that, you know, Yep. so Then um, you know now that Better Things is on, they're like, I don't, don't, I can't watch that one because I didn't watch the end of this season and, and this and that. So they want to control their viewing, which is the way people yeah. like to watch television now or, or yeah. whatever it's called. Um, so it was, it was a great way to tie it in, to bring it back to, ha- it, it, it was really complicated to construct it, um, this, the the women's testimonials. I wanted to do women talking about themselves like it was a Philip K. Dick, like in shadows, witness protection, it's too shameful to talk about. I played with disguising their voices, but that like took you out of it. Mm. Um, And so to be able to tie that in to Jess Barden watching at the studio Doing and then Sam Fox doing the thing live, and then all of a sudden you pull out, and it's Sam and Rich and the girls, and um, and it makes me emotional to think about it because it it was it was very satisfying, um, as somebody who who is has been in this world for four seasons, to be able to uh, to do it that way and to see it turn out that way, watching the girls' faces, you know and Sam talking about um their bodies and just you know Max looking at Sam saying i didn't know how that you felt that way and and them being proud of their mom that she's she's that's her manifesto you know and that she's like you know even the dalai lama was like you know a, a woman's okay but you got to be cute <laughs> so and i'm not making it up go look at the the interview no, no yeah yeah that lady gave him like four chances to dial it back.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Oh, he's, uh, he's a man of faith and he sticks with it, I guess. But, there you go. Uh, But yeah, I, I, I just, that scene, again, like one of the complicated elements to me was just the idea that, you know, so much of your show is built in a reality. Like it feels, um, you know, very fly on the wall, kind of, we're experiencing things as they happen. And to create that moment risks, that feeling of making it manufactured. Like it could have felt like, oh, this is, this, I don't know if the kids would have really engaged with this or I don't know if this was the right moment, but you just hit every one of those beats so that by the time we saw it, it, I don't know, it, it worked. Like it was something that again, felt very natural and lived in that it's, Thank it's you. amazing how often you can keep doing that, I guess, so.
3: Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, because at the end of the day, you've got the writing, the production, then you've got post, and so it, it, originally I had I had four editors this season, and I had one editor on that episode originally, and it just was not working. Mm. It was not working, and I was scared of the episode, and I thought, oh, well, I'll just end on Botzonieta. That's it. We'll do. We'll go out on the penult- penultimate, but. Um, eventually we got other eyes on it. And that's why I, I, I was so lucky to have like this team. Cause I was, I really wanted my editors to work together as a cohesive unit. And so then I had these other two women come in and help. And it then it just opened up and I was like, I need this feeling. I need this. And and then Annie, one of my editors, put my old um, photographs in the, the montage when Fort, is driving us from Dodger Stadium. Right. And like some of those are my pictures from the 80s. And you know, that's how this stuff all comes together. It's really like uh, ends up being a team effort.
0: And the girls get to chime in with their own jokes at the end of the, once it, <laughs> once it finishes airing about the balls versus the eggs.
3: Yes! <laughs> <She's> got eggs. <laughs> and then Sam touches her whisker and she goes, but does she though? <laughs> no, she don't got no eggs no more.
1: I'm so, I am, I am, my mind is. I feel like, uh, I feel like Sam in the weed making. episode. Yeah. Well, no. Well, I feel in like the Sam in the episode? weed episode. Oh yeah. Oh, the, we, oh yeah, yeah. Um, bye man, bye
3: man.
1: Actually, I real, I real life, I, I real life did that accidentally in our happy hour last week and it was
3: a disaster
2: zoom happy hour (laughs) when i real
3: life i real life did it when i was writing season three and i you know it was a high anxiety time for me writing season three it was an intense time in my life and so uh my oldest gideon took me to my first weed store which like still trips me out to this day so i put a little bit of that in the episode and i was like i want this sexy gold pen you know it was so sexy it was this beautiful thing and they were like that's thc and whatever and i was like well i don't want that 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 ugly thing i want this anyway so i go to the office one day and my nerves were jangly and i thought i should do a little cbd and work you know My kids were encouraging me CBD. So anyway, I did it. And then like an hour later, I'm sitting in the office just like this. And I called my kids and they were laughing at me and they were like, mom! I was like, I can't move or think right now. And so I got to work at 10 o'clock that day. I was high until five o'clock PM. I did not write one word. I just was like touching surfaces. Yeah, I like it. This... I got a show out of it. The day yeah, that I lost a writing last season I got right.
2: You got a great scene out of it. I I love that scene. And I honestly I was curious about um I hear all the time that like drunk acting is one of the harder things to do and I am mean, like to do well, to do without going too far up or too far down. Yeah. And I imagine acting high is in a similar fashion, but the direction too, like the way that you kind of um let the camera float a little bit and then sometimes you'd let it like kind of lock in on sam's face but the rest of it was blurry and you'd still build in kind of some hard cuts for comedy like when she's just suddenly outside in the rain um what do you like how do you kind of prepare for that is it a lot of just thinking back to being in that headspace or like kind of what's the what's the style there
3: i had to um you know i in my brain i'm like i'm not drunk so you, you're you're not drunk, you're not slurring, but just that you know, reme- like that feeling that y- you you're you just want it to be over, you know. So like when Sam's laying on the ground and she's like, "Oh, I'm just trapped," and she's kind of it's like altered states. She's smashing her arm on the floor trying to get it out. Remember altered states. <laughs> and he's, going in, he's in the hallway and he's smashing his body, <laughs> trying to get from that dimension to this one. You guys go watch Altered States tonight. Definitely that's do a good it now. One. Yeah,
1: that's mm-hmm, yeah, no, absolutely. Because when we talked before, I know you were talking about watching a lot of old movies. Like, so what, right now, because it's been weeks. Yeah. What is getting you through the lockdown? What are when you When I talked to you
3: last time, was I talking about like the 80s, 90s crime? Oh,
1: God, what was it, Leo? No, I think it was, it was like the old, it was, I think. You'd want an officer and a gentleman.
3: S- yeah. Oh, wait, well, like, no, no, no. It was the officer and gentleman. I showed so it's that. Better to memory it's, than yeah. I do. Oh, urban cowboy. Yeah, I, hey. I was going down this, like, you know, for me, it's, it's like anything that is Nancy Myers, Mike Nichols, that's just standard uh, Ben and Pam. Forever, you know what I mean? Like, right, Ben? Don't you love that shit?
2: I do. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
3: I mean, it's so good. So then I started just going down this like jagged edge. The firm, Gene Hackman, oh, all geez. of that. I mean, I just so good love all of it. Sidney Lumet. <clears throat> you know, you can't even. I I can't stress enough like how great these movies are. Oh, cause I started, because Leo, I had shown the girls A Stranger Among Us.
0: Oh, no.
3: And it had like that, that super creepy, like the, the Kabbalah and like the vaginal secretions part. <laughs> and we're watching it with my daughter's boyfriend. And he was like, and, and we all looked at Boris and he goes, I, I watched this with my mom, like when I was eight. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, but. It's so funny because when that movie came out, you know, everybody was like, this is so funny. Melanie Griffith is talking about like the perps, the perps and her voice and everything. And you watch it now and you're like, this is so good. This is crazy. You see this Hasidic community and all of this and it holds up. And then you realize it's Sidney Lumet. You had a master making this film. And also, right. the guy is hot as fuck. Right.
0: Always helps. Ooh. I'm part of a movie group and we watched The, the Rainmaker <laughs> recently. And, like, oh. that, that is very much in this vein where it's like Francis Ford Coppola's, like, last, yeah. I would say, real movie.
3: I want to see that. That's going on my list. Yeah, uh, that,
0: that's right in that zone. That's
2: right in that good crime. More of a crime kind of story, really, than even a, a corporate. I like
1: drama, that. So. It's, it's wow, like that's some jack erasure right there.
0: It's Grisha it's Grisha.
3: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah.
3: Like speak like we should just watch all movies with rain in the title. How about that?
2: There we go. Just ties right back to better things. It's just segway. the explanation from season four. <laughs> you just pull that right out, and you're like, okay, well, it's we'll all connect. Yeah. Pam, we,
0: with,
2: we, Pam
1: with Pam <laughs> with Pam with the segue. Ben, Uh, take us into another real question.
2: Well, I did want to ask, this is tangentially related to to the topic of just watching movies and kind of being absorbed in all of that as as much as we can. But um, the casting on Better Things is something that always impresses me in the sense that um, there's a lot of recurring characters who are great. There's a lot of actors who keep coming back who are really happy to see. And at the same time, it feels like you're always making a push to bring in new people. And I know the answer to this question is partially Felicia Fasano, who's just, you know, we know is great. Um, but one, what's that like for you? Like, how do you find people? Do you find people by watching movies, by staying current? Do you find people just through working and through relationships? Is it casting? Is it all of the above? Like, how do you kind of go about that?
3: Um, well, I, I think a lot of people have um, maybe little pods of friend groups And some people aren't comfortable sharing their friends with each other or some people just don't. So then there's this little group and then there's this little group and you never really bring them all together until like there's one like 50th birthday party or whatever. So um, I have little groups of people and um, I decided it would be interesting to see a new group of people in season three, um, for example. So that's why I brought in Cree and Judy yeah. Reyes and um, uh, Rose uh, Abdu, uh, who's a genius. And, um, you know, I mean, I there's people that I know that I love and admire. And so it's like, Diedrich, for years, he was in my brain. I'm like, if I ever, Get the chance to be a boss and do something. I want to work with Diedrich, um, Cree. I thought of because uh, we've been working together for you know 30 years, and um, and I knew she ne- hadn't been on camera in 25 years. So um, that was that was just like the greatest thing that uh, I could do is put this person who was always just this shiny penny in every way in my show. And um it, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. Yeah, yeah. Really you know, is. and then Jen Richards, who just she plays um, she's in the eulogy episode in the acting class. Mm-hmm. And I I did I talk to you about this, Libby? I feel like we talked. I, I feel like we talked a little bit about Jen. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like I saw her more. at a women's day downtown and we were all speaking and Jen was there and I was like, who is this Fucking beautiful unicorn, oh, and then I watched her entire show the next morning. <sighs> and then I said, I called Flea and I said, "Do you think that she would do like a little part in the show or whatever?" And so we offered her for the acting class, and it was her and Wong. Wong, you're boring. Wave your arms around. I'm falling asleep. And Jen, <laughs> and Jen, like, you know, she's doing this scene, and and I'm like Jaya stop it, don't cry. And Jen's crying and she's beautiful and amazing. Oh, so then for the beginning of season um, uh, uh, three or whatever, or or the, the beginning episode, I was like, we're having a house party, let's invite Jen. So you just think about faces and people and that's just, that's a detail that in weird. the world of the show. You know, just like the, that I wear the same clothes, I'm like, I don't need new clothes. Let's see Sam wearing the same thing for three seasons. That's the way the world works. Yeah. So it's just, it's fun. We're able to have fun in the in the wedding scene, like um, when Kunal and Randy Rainbow get married, um, I was like, we need the people from flight, whatever. That's great. Yeah, okay. We need John and so Deborah, good. right? Yeah. So good. Oh, and they were so, it was so good to see them and, for me, it means a lot, and then when you know somebody sees and says that was so good and i'm I'm somebody who's like i'm so sorry it's it's really not a lot in this episode, and there, oh my no, God. There was no dialogue or whatever, but just being within the fabric of that scene was like life changing for everybody it just felt so good
2: well i'm I'm glad you brought up Diedrich because uh he's somebody who I feel like I've been watching my whole life and he pops up and, and he's been in everything. He's done everything. And, um, at the same time, when I watch him in this, I feel like we're seeing a range of what he can do, like stretched, like again and again, and especially in season four, yeah. you know, starting with, uh, you know, the breakup and how he reacts to the breakup mm-hmm. to kind of those ending episodes when he's, he's a little bit of the enforcer when he's talking to Sam's ex. Um, there's just little nuggets of that that's so fun to kind of, you know, appreciate. But when you're writing, are you looking for that? Like, are you trying to find new things for him to do? Or are you just, you know, you you have the character and you know where he's going to go?
3: I, you know, I I wish that I could have him in more. And uh, anybody watching this, please don't ask me to put Diedrich in anymore because he's got a (laughs) fucking contract with American Housewife on ABC, and I don't want to hear about it anymore.
2: Right. Understandable.
3: And they let me put him in three episodes. That's all I get. So in season two, I had written him into five. They were going <laughs> to let him do two, and he negotiated for three. Well. So the, the scene in it when Sam and Tressa are in the bar, and Tressa yes. talks about her dad, and her brothers, that was a scene for Rich. Uh-huh. And that was really Diedrich's story. Yeah. That was his story. And uh-huh. so um, it was one of those things that unfortunately Diedrich couldn't do it, but then Rebecca Metz was able to be in the scene and it kind of took it to another level. So there's all these different kinds of things that happen, but, um, the, the love I have for Diedrich Bader is, uh, I mean, I can't even begin to stress like, you know, how it's opened, you know, us both up and that this relationship between Sam and Rich is such a love story. And it's, you, it's, it's, it's like a romance and it's safe and it's just unconditional. And Rich is a husk at the beginning of season four. And then he's a linebacker at the end and they're both there for each other. And it's just like, one gives me chills. I love that relationship.
2: It's, yeah, it's it's just really fun. And again, it applies to so many of the different actors, like including Rebecca, whenever she comes back. Um, oh, yeah. Like having that, that kind of personal touch to it or, uh, that relationship that's been built in little small moments over the course of a season um, over, or, or even a career, it just adds to the show. Like it adds to the emotions of, of what you're watching in a way that I feel like you're very good at, at drawing out. Like you're very good at identifying. Um, and I, it's hard for me to tell if it's just a natural instinct of like, these people are great, I'm gonna bring them in if it's, you know, I'm gonna stretch them to this area because I know they could do it, or, you know, um, just the, the combination of all of those thoughts, but I, I the supporting people within Better Things are just, it's so fun to watch.
1: Thank you. Also, fuck Xander. Can we talk about the return of, of Xander a little bit in this season, because- The <laughs> blind mouth
3: a Charlie Brown. Yeah,
2: he's, he's quite yeah. a presence. And again, the acting choice is, is good. Like, that's a good. I a good person.
3: Well, I would I would refer you guys to a um a, a movie that did not make any kind of a blip on the radar, maybe a blip called Plump Fiction, that was a spoof of all the Tarantino movies, um and uh that's where I met Glave and he and I were um Mickey and Mallory, so I was Juliette Lewis, and he was what we were parodying natural born killers and like sandy Bernhard's in this movie and yeah. um uh david allen greer you got you gotta you gotta see this movie it's yeah, I'm of, writing a tone now yeah that's great yeah we were playing uh mickey and mallory we were spoofing them and i mean this is a movie that they lost their funding so hard in the middle of shooting. We had a green screen and it was supposed to be like the lizards and all of that shit. And uh, Bob Cohair, the director, who was this lovely man, he was like, uh, we can't afford it anymore. So just get it out, get it out. And so it was just, it was so funny. So Matt, Matt, Matthew Glaive and I, um, we met doing that show. And like the day we met, we had to like lick each other's faces. <laughs> and, and he was the nicest person I ever worked with. And he really helped me because he was so respectful. And he just pulled me to the side and he said, um, what do you feel comfortable with? Can I, can I touch your arm? Can I touch the side of your face? keep my mouth closed. Can I open my lips a little bit? And by the end of it, I was just like, ah. <laughs> and, and that, that, that was something I learned a lot from, and then doing Californication mm-hmm. then years later, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, right. helping people with that kind of stuff. Cause there was no such thing as an intimacy coordinator back right. then. I was, no. the <laughs> but yeah, Xander, that has nothing to do with my show, but that's fun.
2: No, that's great. No, that's I like the it. hidden backstory that we never see of, of how they met and uh, we'll just pretend that that was what it was.
3: How yeah. Are you flirting with it. me? <laughs> you guys have to see my Julia Lewis.
2: I, I can't <laughs> wait to watch your Julia Lewis. I will,
0: I will download uh, Plump Fiction and edit it into this video.
3: And then, yes. oh, fuck, uh, yes. And then later I made a movie with Juliet Lewis called Some Girl. And come in, who's there? Yeah, somebody, I don't know,
0: somebody's at my door.
3: It's Barack Obama!
0: I'll be right back. <laughs> what a huge get for us!
3: Well, what, yeah, what'd you get, Ben?
0: I love that you brought oh, up Plum Fiction, okay. only because that's sort of my wheelhouse, because I'm like the outsider on the podcast, and I'll be like, let's talk about Sergeant Bilko.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> this is your window! Go, Leo! But Ben's
0: Plum, gone. Plum, Plum Fiction has a lot, like Paul Danello.
3: That's who I was trying to think of Paul Danello.
0: Tim Kazarinski, Tommy Davidson, Jennifer Coolidge, Dan Castellaneta. Holy
3: shit. Yeah, and there's somebody who at the end does the bet. Yeah! <laughs> what the fuck? Put it down and wash your hands, Benjamin.
1: True. That's what he's doing. But Leo, you're the comedy guy. i How have you not seen that? Ben, wash
3: your hands.
2: I just I did. Okay, I just did. Sorry, guys. That was, uh, I,
3: I went loves. to do. I did a movie called Some Girl with Juliet Lewis, and I was like, I spoofed you <laughs> at the end. <laughs> and <laughs> we love each other. So you didn't open with that. I just showed that movie to Rocky a couple of weeks ago. Blew her mind. Some Girl.
0: I would have loved it. Juliet Juliet Lewis was like uh, Plump Fiction is one of my favorite movies. <laughs>
2: one of my faves. <laughs> in
0: the pantheon of great film.
2: Got it. Uh, did I miss Sergeant Bilko? I heard something over the <laughs> over the thing. He, talks, he what asked what the said. question.
3: I won $2,600 on a slot machine when we were in Vegas. Like I just went downstairs and I was just like, plink, plink, plink. <sighs> it was amazing. That's when they still had coins, but Steve Martin was the best. He was so lovely. He was always like, I mean, people were obsessed with him. You know, wherever we went, and I would just be doing crosswords, and he'd be like looking over my shoulder. I'd be like, "Girl," but you know, everybody else wanted to talk to him, and I gave him his space, and that's how we became friends and and close uh, during that time. And I, oh, there was just an incredible. I mean, I had to learn how to walk in columns and assemble and disassemble an M sixteen. And Captain Dale Dye was our drill sergeant and, you know, what the, I mean, it's crazy. We did training at Universal Studios in front of the Psycho House. We would be walking in columns, you know, and then there was a crashed plane there from something. And and then, uh, I mean, Dan Aykroyd was in that and Phil Hartman, my angel. I watched so many
1: I watched so many sitcoms in the 90s like everyone like I was like yes I know that person
3: yes I yep I know
1: that person yeah I watched that person regularly we
3: were all a bunch of horrors. that's why when you're looking at the plump fiction the, the credits you're like oh my god Meryl Streep is in this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we just all wanted to work
2: <laughs> that's the way to do it that seems like the best way
1: gentlemen Yes. I've heard tell that there's a new series coming out with Darren Chris Cather Donahue Donahue in which they play songwriters and it is a satire. Um and I heard that the show is going to air on Quibi, which is upsetting to me because I had been hoping for different news, let's say with that in mind, I ask you, is Quibi dead yet?
2: No. I think you answered your own question. I don't know if we're needed this week. I think you kind of just had to talk that out and come to terms with it. So I hope, I hope you. The show,
0: the show is called Royalties. That preamble about, uh, royalties being, uh, Quibi's, uh, like death rattle. Like That's it. That's the noise, okay. that's the noise a uh, streaming service makes before it dies. Apple
2: has their first musical series coming out too, so let's see how that goes. Apple's
0: not yeah. going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. They're going to buy Mad Men. Also, next week we'll be talking about HBO Max, which we didn't talk about this week. But we'll talk about yeah. it next week. Millions of Screens is a production of the Penske Media Corporation and IndieWire. Our theme music features excerpts of the classic YouTube video of York talking about our TV and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Our editor-in-chief is Dana Harris-Brightson, our publisher is James Israel, and our executive editor is Ann Donahue. Our favorite movies about rain are The Rainmaker, Hard Rain, and The Art of Racing in the Rain. Our Millions of Screens rainy movie endorsement is Blade Runner. Very famous scene in the rain, I'm like... <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter at a million screens, at Midwest Spitfire, at Ben T. Travers, and at Leo Adrian Garcia. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, so please leave a review and let us know what you think. If it's good, we might read it on air, and if it's bad, we'll try our best to delete it from the internet. This is Ben, Libby, and Leo reminding you, as always, that you shouldn't let poets lie to you.
1: We shouldn't let poets lie
3: to you ain't nothing wrong with a couple of
0: cold brews and a cool <laughs> podcast